Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Thursday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are continuing our series on productivity and pleasure. Actually, we're finishing our series on productivity and pleasure with the Enneagram Type 9. But first, today's Rosebud and Thorn. So we're going to start with thorn today because my rose is based on it. So my thorn is that I am normally a very organized traveler. Like I have it down to a science and I do all of these kind of quirky things just to keep travel from being stressful for me or as not stressful as possible. One of those things is that I always pack up the night before I leave somewhere if I have a morning flight or if I need to check out before checkout time. I get all of my luggage packed except for exactly what I'll need in the morning and I do like a full sweep of where I'm staying before I even go to bed. Last night I was feeling confident and thought, you know, I'll be up in plenty of time to pack before I leave. Like my car's coming at seven, like I'll get up at six, I'll have coffee, I'll journal, I'll clean up. It's going to be great. Friends, I woke up at 7, 11 a.m. with a stream of texts from my Uber driver that I'd ordered the night before. He'd been waiting for me already for 15 minutes before I even woke up. I hadn't packed anything. I ran around that room throwing things into my suitcase. I brushed my teeth while I was packing and it was just absolute chaos. I didn't even take time to look in the mirror or scan the room for leftover items. Like for what I know, there could be so much stuff in that room that I left. I finally got out of there like 30 minutes after he arrived, which he, friends, he had every single right to leave me there and I would have been charged for the full price of the ride and then had to order another one and paid for it again. Like not on him, definitely on me, but he waited for me. It probably took a solid 15 minutes just to start breathing normally once I got into the car. Like I was panicked. But my rose is that I had the loveliest Uber ride to the airport. We talked about everything from losing our fathers and what he misses from home and how hard it was to move here. I'm so grateful that he waited. And when I told him he didn't have to do that, that it was like 100% my fault and he shouldn't have suffered because I made a mistake. He said, humans need to take care of each other. And I swear I wanted to hug him. Um, and when I left, he said, I hope I see you again. And I like genuinely hope that I do too. Like I 
hope that next time I go to Chicago, like somehow he is my driver again. Cause I just loved him. My bud is that I am writing this podcast at the gate to my plane home. So I'm excited about the two hours in the air, just writing and watching and listening to whatever I want before leaping into my husband's arms tonight. Like I've gone for three months and not three days. Okay, friends, let's talk about productivity and pleasure for the Enneagram type nine. If you haven't already, I encourage you to listen to the intro episode where I talk about the importance of finding our rhythm with these two things and why I think productivity should exist as an entry point to more pleasure. In these individual episodes, I want to tackle what can prevent our productivity and tips for allowing our time that we create through more productivity to be pleasurable. All right, type nines, here's what can get in your way of being more productive, aka getting more work done more quickly. Number one is prioritization, not really knowing which tasks are more important than others. A lot of times, you know, urgency is hard to measure. And so when you're looking at tasks, maybe you have certain tasks that you're more comfortable with or are kind of more fun to do or easier to do or come more naturally. but they maybe have less urgencies than some of the tasks that you actually need to do. So then you do a lot of this work that's just kind of like minor work that takes the time, but it's not actually helping you to get out the door faster because it's not urgent and there's still urgent work that needs to be done. So I really like the Eisenhower matrix for this. I think we've talked about it before, but that can really help you to recognize what needs to get done first but also what things you can automate or delegate and which things you can kind of just even take off of your to-do list. Because I would imagine for a lot of you, there are things you're doing every day for a long time that actually don't even need to necessarily be done or prioritized right now. So try that out. You can Google the Eisenhower matrix. I think that'll be easier than me describing it to you, but it is very easy to find. Then number two is procrastination. I think you already know this one's coming. Um, I've never talked to a nine who didn't talk to me about their procrastination habits. And I think procrastination for nines, you know, it really comes from a space of, I don't want to feel stressed out. Like I don't want to experience the potential stress that this could cause me. And, And when that's the case, it really is about breaking it down into smaller steps because thinking about the prioritization situation, right? Like a lot of times what's happening here is the attention is going to the tasks that feel the most manageable and easy to accomplish. And so if we can do that with procrastination, well, then you're not going to be as compelled to procrastinate because maybe the tasks are so small and digestible that it's not overwhelming. So instead of looking at like this giant wall, like I often say for type nines, what I, it's like you need to move a brick wall, right? And so you're looking at the wall and you're like, how am I going to build this wall? How am I going to move this wall from here to there? Like this wall is too big for me. That's going to be too hard. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be overwhelming. I can't do that. But then if you think about moving it one brick at a time, it's like, oh, well, I can move this brick. And then all you have to do is think about like, okay, now I need to move another brick. And so I want you to, instead of looking at what you need to do as like this big task, this big overwhelming looming task, 
break it down into much more manageable, easier to accomplish tasks, and just put them on your to-do list every day and just chip away at it instead of trying to do it all at once. Number three is wanting very specific instructions. This is something that is very common for nines, like wanting someone to give them such clear instructions that they don't have to ask questions. And I think that this comes from a fear of being annoying or a fear of, yeah, I I think mostly a fear of being annoying or disturbing or being too much. So when what can happen though is when you're not given very specific instructions, that task just kind of keeps getting pushed to the side because you don't feel confident enough to trust yourself to just do it or Google it or figure it out, but you don't want to be a nuisance or annoying. So you just kind of avoid the task because you do need more information and you are hoping that someone will give it to you, but you're not wanting to ask for them to give it to you. So with that, in mind, you know, every boss that you have or everyone who is assigning a task to you is going to have a different personality. But I would just encourage you to trust yourself first, to try to figure it out, to go with the instructions that you've been given, do the most that you can do with those instructions. And then if they have complaints about that, we'll then point them back to the directions you were given and ask what else you would like for me to do. So phrasing this, you could say, I hear you saying that you'd like this to be a different shade of blue. The instructions that I was given were X, Y, and Z. I'm like, pretend like I'm a graphic designer. <laughs> like, you need this to be more blue. Um, you know, here, here's what you're saying that you're wanting from me. Here's the instructions I was given. How would you like, like, what else would you like me to do on top of the instructions that I was given? Like, how can you clarify for me what you would like this to look like? And then do another round or whatever it is that you need. Obviously, every job structure is different. And if you're self-employed, it's even, it's even more different. But instead of waiting for someone to give you instructions or avoiding asking for details, I think that also works. You can just ask. But if that's the case, then really just trust the instructions that you were given, follow directions, you know, look up the things that you don't know. And then if they have concerns about it, ask for clarification at that point, but don't let it hold you back from starting because the consequences of not doing like a perfect job are relatively low. Like it's just going to be like, oh, a little bit of an uncomfortable conversation maybe, which I know is a bigger deal to you than it would be for me. And I respect that. And like, I empathize with that. And at the same time, it's keeping you at work too long, right? Like you have to go home at some point and chill out and enjoy your life. And the more you can, the less you can avoid doing things because you're afraid of asking questions, the faster you're going to get home to do whatever it is you feel like doing. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. 
And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Number four, not wanting to leave your comfort zone. So this is kind of a similar energy, just a fear of being stressed out, a fear of being uncomfortable. And there are things like we get into these rhythms and these routines and they become so easy and comfortable. So when something gets kind of thrown in there, it's really easy to procrastinate on. It's easy to put off and to avoid. And I think what we need to recognize is that the more we put things off and avoid them, actually the stress is building in us. So if what we're trying to avoid is stress, then procrastination is actually a generator of stress. It's actually creating an undercurrent of overwhelm that just follows you around, which makes it harder to handle the stressors of your life, which makes procrastination more likely, which just kind of feeds itself. So instead of kind of fearing the stress that could happen, instead just Again, break it down into manageable pieces, ask questions, look things up, whatever you need to do, and just chip away at it a little at a time instead of trying to not, you know, thinking in your brain, one day I will feel ready to do this. I'll be informed enough. I'll have the information I need. I'll feel energized enough. But the reality is that like that, that day's not coming. It will never come because what you're waiting on is things you're not asking for. And so instead, you just need to, you know, break it down. And I honestly think like break it down into six pieces and then assign a piece or two a day and then you get it done in a week, right? Like just break it down like that versus make it, trying to do it all at once. I just think that's never going to work in my, sometimes it might, you know, I, I don't want to say never or always, sometimes it might, but in general, I think it's not the most efficient way for withdrawing types five, nine, and four. And then finally, the last thing that can prevent you from being productive and getting onto the fun sooner is a fear of saying no. And this is where I think nines get missed a lot because nines can actually be some of the worst workaholics because they're so afraid of letting down the team, especially a social nine, if that's your subtype, because there's just this fear that like, if I abandon ship, then I'm letting down the group. And this pressure to not be difficult to work with, not be difficult to get along with, that makes you kind of take on more and more and more so that other people will not feel frustrated with you. And so that fear of saying no. And so what I recommend here is to decide ahead of time what your boundaries are around work. What's your scope of work? And this is this matters if you're an entrepreneur or if you're working in a corporation or even if you're working in a coffee shop, like what's your scope of work? Are you willing or not willing to do certain things? So let's say you work at McDonald's and you're like, you know what? I am my scope of work does not require me cleaning up like drug paraphernalia from the bathroom. That is something that I'm not comfortable with. That's something that I'm not going to do. That is a healthy boundary. That is a, that's an OK no. That doesn't mean your employer is going to be fully happy with you because you won't do that, but that's okay. Like that our role in the world and especially in the workplace is not to make everybody happy with us a hundred percent of the time. That's impossible. And so if you already know you're going to disappoint people, you might as well disappoint people for the right reasons, like disappoint them for the things that actually matter to you. So say, figure out what your boundaries are. You know, that's my example for like, if you're working in fast food, 
Um, my example, if you're working for yourself, is what's my scope of work? What can clients ask me for? What can they ask me for? What do I talk about? What do I not talk about? What do I share? What do I not share? Everybody's boundaries are going to be different. Um, how many hours will I work a day? How many days a week will I work? And that's the same if you're in a salaried position at a corporate job. You know, 99.9% .9 of the time, I go home at 5 p.m. You know, I agree that that's the time I'm going to go home. I'm not going to stay later than 5 p.m. If someone wants me to stay later than that, I will communicate that as a boundary. And that is healthy. <laughs> and you deserve that. And it's, it's normal. So don't be afraid of doing that. Now, once we get this productivity stuff underway, we stop procrastinating, we break things down, we take action faster, and we start setting boundaries and saying no, then we can have more time for the things that really light us up. So what gets in the way? Like, what are some roadblocks to type nine allowing more pleasure to happen? And I'm using the word pleasure on purpose because I think you can have like comforting activities or numbing activities that aren't pleasurable. And there's a big difference between like fun and pleasure or joy and pleasure or comfort and pleasure. So I really want you, to, I'm really using the word pleasure on purpose because it requires presence in like your senses and presence in your mind and your feelings. Like you have to be wholly there. So things that can prevent pleasure for type nine. Number one, sticking to the same routines. There's a lot of comfort in routine. There's a lot of uh, peace in routine, but oftentimes some of the bigger, more fulfilling emotions get missed in routine because we're not putting ourselves into new kind of scary situations that may allow us a level of excitement or glee or joy uh, that is available to us if we put ourselves into scenarios that maybe are less comfortable or maybe a little more vulnerable. And the other thing is like, if your same routine is kind of scrolling on your phone, watching TV, ordering takeout, like that's all wonderful stuff. And I love that for you, but it might be causing you to not really feel much at all, which brings us to point number two, which is numbing. Um, nines tend to, we think what we're doing, like nines are doing when they're numbing is they're avoiding the negative emotions, but unfortunately you don't get to pick and choose what you numb. So as you numb the negative, you're also numbing the positive. So then you're kind of not there anymore. And you're just, it's kind of like you're like watching your life happen from outside of yourself and you can't feel the full access to the experience of being human. And pleasure requires access to feeling and access to your senses and sensations and being affected by life and by the things that are happening to you. So this numbing that we're doing can also numb the good as it numbs the bad. And so we really want you to be able to feel all the full range of your emotions so that pleasure when it's here is much more available to you and you're able to experience it to its fullness. And finally, number three is just getting to know yourself, knowing what pleasure even means for you. I know a lot of type nines who, who don't really even know, or it took them some time to figure out what do I like? What do I like to eat? Where do I like to go? What do I like to do? Who feels good to be around? Who doesn't feel good to be around? 
I have a, a nine friend who was like, yeah, I, as an adult, I learned that I get to walk into a room and decide if I want to be there, not do they want me to be here. And I think that that's a big question, right? Like looking at the world instead of will the world take me? Will you have me? What do I need to do in order to create as few waves as possible? But instead looking at the world and saying, do I want this? Do I like this? Do I not like this? Does this feel good to me? Does this not feel good to me? And the really simple way to practice this is twofold. Number one, dating yourself, right? Taking yourself out on solo dates, going to places, trying things, trying, you know, figuring out what feels fun to you if no one else is affected by the decisions that you're making. I will amplify this to like a bigger degree and say, yes, maybe this is like an hour or two out of a week that you do this. Love that for you. But maybe it's also traveling alone, going to a foreign country alone, putting yourself into situations where you can see how brave and confident and capable you are as you navigate the unknown. I'm just going to, I'm going to put that out there. You do what you want with it. I'm just going to toss it out there for you. Okay. (laughs) Take it or leave it. That's your choice, but minimum dating yourself. And then when you go on these experiences, write about it, journal about it, digest it. And if journaling's not your thing, I think it should be everyone's thing because it's life-changing for me. But if it's not, maybe you write, like, just talk out loud to yourself or you do a voice memo in your phone. Maybe you just make a list on a pad of paper, like you don't do a whole rigmarole, whatever works for you. But just pay attention to how things make you feel. You know, I went to this coffee shop and I liked the coffee, but the barista made me feel uncomfortable. Here's the sensations in my body. Um, the seat wasn't to my liking, but I did like the window light. Then you go to the next coffee shop. Well, this coffee shop had seating that I loved, window light that I loved, a friendly barista, but the coffee wasn't as exciting to me. And you just can kind of start narrowing down more and more of like, what feels good to you? What feels bad to you? What do you like? And get to know yourself intimately in this way. It's not going to turn you into a judgmental person who like can't enjoy things or isn't go with the flow. Like that's not your problem. You'll be fine. I know that that's like a fear that may arise. Like that's not a concern you need to carry. But you, you do want to have some sense of discernment because in that discernment, you can more fully appreciate the pleasures as they occur that you truly enjoy, that are actually pleasurable for you. Okay, friends, I hope that you found this helpful. If you are a type nine, I would love to hear if you explore any of the tips, tag me on Instagram at Sarah Jane Case or DM me if you do. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you and I will see you tomorrow for the next one. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.